You are listening to Let's Talk Shop, produced by Smackna and hosted by Angie Simon. Let's Talk Shop is an ongoing podcast series where sheet metal contractors discuss important topics and trends related to their business. And now, Angie Simon. Hi, this is Angie Simon, president of National Smackna and CEO of Western Allied Mechanical. And kicking off the new year, we're going to talk about integrated project delivery. And I'm really excited to have Matt Kramer, president of D. Kramer, joining me to talk about integrated project delivery, IPD. Hi, Matt, and thank you again. And also, could you tell us a little bit about your company and yourself? Absolutely. Thanks, Angie. I'm excited to be here. Uh, This is an important topic for me and uh, for our company and I think for the industry. So I appreciate you uh, asking to discuss this with me today. Uh, Our company is an 80-plus-year-old sheet metal HVAC company, third generation, uh, founded by my grandfather in 1937, and we are primarily a commercial and industrial uh, sheet metal contractor. We do a lot of university work. We do a lot of uh, hospital work. We do a lot of automotive, automotive supplier work, et cetera, and uh, we've been happy to be part of eight IPD projects uh, in Michigan, and it's, uh, it's, it's a great delivery method that really increases owner involvement and increases owner satisfaction on their projects. So uh, we, we, we enjoy working on these and uh, especially enjoy the delivering the end product to the owner. Great, great. So true IPD projects. So that you need to help me understand that because I'm a design build contractor and we don't actually haven't done an IPD project. So I'd like to know what the difference between like an IPD project and a, and a design build project. The main difference, Angie, is there's contracts that support the IPD uh, contract delivery method. And, and mainly you're really just talking about risk uh, in a design build situation. Uh, like you get involved with, oftentimes you have owners that contact you guys, you guys do the design and the engineering, and uh, you then install the work and you'll stamp the drawings. In most IPD arrangements, the owner actually will contact a GC and or architect engineer. Sometimes it's together that they propose together. Sometimes they contact their AE first. Sometimes they contract their GCCM first. And then they decide that this delivery method is going to kind of be the way to go. There's contracts that support it where there's shared savings and uh, profit is at risk. in order to meet certain deadlines and certain things in regards to the project, budget is always one of them, but usually time is another one and there are usually some other metrics as well. So uh, there is a contract that outlines all of this and all the way down to the second or third tier subcontract level at times, uh, those people are really signing on to the same contract that the owner uh, signs with the general contractor and the architect and engineer to build the building. So we're kind of all in the same boat together, I guess you will. Uh, and that's really what makes the uniqueness with IPD. The term IPD came out of the formation of the contracts and uh, In Michigan, at least, where it's taken off is there's been owners that have been more willing to go the IPD route versus the design build route because design build is kind of completely turning things upside down 
contact, contacting a contractor direct to do design and have them design. Uh, you know, I, I'll give you an example. We, we've done a couple IPD jobs now for Michigan State University. And Michigan State University doesn't really do design build projects. They have um, uh, a strict kind of way of doing things. And they did a pilot project for IPD, which was uh, the Shaw Hall dining room renovation project. That was a, a pilot job that really, to be honest, as uh, referenced by MSU and Jack Muma, uh, the contract administrator there, it, it really wasn't a perfect job for IPD, but they wanted to study it within their construction management program. And, uh, and, and after that, their next job that they did, uh, IPD, was the one that we most recently completed, and it was the Minskoff uh, Business Pavilion, uh, the MSU Business School new building. And, um, and, and there's just been rave reviews about that project and what they've been able to do and, and everything else. So Michigan State dipped their toe into it, and the fact that there's an agreement supporting this design arrangement and shared savings and all these other things, they're willing to move into this road. Um, so it, it's similar to design build, but it, it, it is kind of different, I guess, just because the way the contract and the risk is set up. Well, and it sounds like you also, um, if an owner has a consulting engineer that they're comfortable with, like a, like a university, they might have their own uh, band uh, group of consultants they've worked with regularly, and they want them to be involved because they know the university standards. That's a great way to do it. That's exactly it. And then in, in our case at Michigan State, uh, we've done a lot of work there. So uh, uh, we competitively uh, participated in a budget process uh, and a selection process based on qualifications. So it's both qualifications and initial budget uh, and then get selected. And, you know, primarily in this case, the subcontractors that were invited to participate uh, early on. Um, within the IPD and, and signing what what we'll call the integrated form of agreement and that we're on what we call the core group because that's one of the things that is, is, is important for an IPD job. There has to be a core group that makes decisions. And in this case, all of us subcontractors were actually part of the core group uh, right. to be able to make decisions. So there's information that's shared with us that we typically wouldn't even be involved with. Uh, but it was the steel subcontractor the wet side contractor, us as the dry side contractor, the electrician, uh, the controls contractor, and actually that was it. So um, that, that was the early involvement side of it. And then we did onboard other contractors in a plant spec environment uh, as the drawings were completed and we brought people on board. So not every sub trade was, was an open book IPD contract. Is it, is it a bit intimidating the first time you start needing to look at that integrated form of agreement? I mean, that sounds a little intimidating because that sounds like it's a pretty intense document. Yeah, it, it is intimidating for sure, uh, knowing that, A, it's open book, and, and the whole idea with open book for a lot of contractors scares people. Um, so that, that's the first thing. So you have to be comfortable that you can put an accurate budget together and that you can budget track your way through things and you can report kind of differences in design and you've got to have a way to track that. So I would just say, look out for that, number one. Number two, um, you know, bottom line is, is your fee is, is actually what's going to be at risk on the job. And, uh, and, and, and the upside is in a lot of these projects, there's shared savings. I just got my shared savings change order from, uh, from uh, Michigan State and Clark Construction last week. So I, I got a piece of, of, of the shared savings because we were under the budget number. 
Um, so that's the good news. The bad news is if, uh, if, if the project doesn't meet certain goals, uh, your fee actually is at risk. And, and luckily, we haven't been at that situation where I've had to surrender my fee, but technically your fee is at risk. So you do know kind of what, your, what the downside is, but when you're in these projects and everybody's signing onto the same contract, there's just a much bigger team-based atmosphere, and it's contractors looking out for other contractors, contractors versus the traditional design bid build scenario where it's every man for himself and everybody's just trying to push risk to the other person. Uh, so um, the other thing that I would say contractors need to be aware of is there's a much more intensive pre-construction uh, commitment on these projects because the idea is, is that BIM is the basis for the design process. You have to work out with the AE how that process is going to work with design reviews and page turns. And uh, th there is a much more intensive uh, design process because as a sheet metal contractor, when we're designing, we're actually coordinating as we're designing. So, uh, it, in, and there's, there's those design meetings and it, it, it's just a much higher commitment on the pre-con side. Uh, that, but sounds, it, that sounds a little bit more like our design build site. I mean, yeah. we, we're very involved in the pre-con and the pre-design and even bring in our detailers early on. But so it, which I think is great. But however, like you said, you need to figure out how to budget that and put that in your budget as well. Right. Yeah. And then obviously the plus side for the owner is there's going to be savings on the back end during construction because you're not going to have the, the huge number of RFIs and the huge number of questions as far as uh, what we're installing and how it gets installed. And then the other thing, the big bang for the buck for the owner is the owner knows what they're buying up front as far as their budget is concerned and they can make real life budget decisions based on some you know, some lean principles where you can kind of look at a cost benefit analysis situation and, and plus minus because something actually I might be giving a deduct for something but it might end up costing uh, the owner more money because of higher end finishes or whatever the case may be. Or for instance, if they want me to go to linears as opposed to just regular GRDs, that's an increase, but they, they may choose to spend that money. So most of the owners that we work with, um, or most of the owners in the industry, in principle, most people can't understand 2D drawings and they can't picture their building in 2D drawings. So renderings are important from an AE standpoint, but then when you get the owner involvement, a lot of times there's mock-ups on IPD jobs and you're really, you know, you're making real-time decisions on do you want to spend money on this or do you want to spend money on this? And, and that's the real advantage for the owner. In the Michigan State Business School project, one of the things is, is they wanted to spend their full amount of money. And so one of the challenges that we had on this job is as we were designing and running projections on cost, if we were running under, they were spending more money. They yeah. were adding change orders, spending yeah. more money. And so um, just the tracking of that through the process was really challenging. I mean, I can tell you that the, the, the folks at, at Clark Construction and uh, Tony Rhodes and John Wagner at Michigan State and their people just did a tremendous job, uh, you know, balancing all of that and keeping all of that straight. But, uh, but ultimately, they got a building that they absolutely love um, and um, is, is, is just, it, it's, it's, it's well worth it. Yeah. yeah, for the they actually for 
more than they had. I mean, they, they did it for the budget and they got more in it than they probably originally thought. So yeah. And had they delivered it in a design bid build format, they would have hired the AEs and looked at it, looked at the rendering and said, yep, that's what we wanted. And then the reality is they would have started getting built and they would have been like, well, I don't know if I want that. I want to change that. Okay. You know, there's a PCO to change that and that's a change order. And you understand how that goes. So they're getting really more value for their construction dollars, what they're getting. And when, when we're done with the job, um, the owners love it. I mean, I, there has not been one project that, that I've been involved with where, you know, the owner has just not been completely ecstatic with the, the end product. And to be honest, while it's frustrating for them in a lot of cases, in, in the business school case, John Wagner is, is a professor. I think he's one of the deans at the business school. He literally took 18 months off from teaching and he was solely assigned to this project and in pulling the resources with the faculty and whoever needed to happen uh, to get involved with design decisions and everything else. And, and, you know, he, he says all a lot of, a lot of times, you know, I'm not a builder, but I was for 18 months and, and it was an exciting time for him, but they really got what they wanted in the end. So, so that sounds very critical that your team, your team is very inter- engaged and interactive team. It sounds like the owner needs to be very interactive as well as all, all, all aspects of your team. Cause if one of them lets it down, it's a problem. Yeah. That, that's the one thing. If any contractors out there are talking to an owner about IPD, uh, one of the things that, that I'll tell you at the beginning is you have to have a committed and decisive owner's rep that's involved because you have to have kind of that one point person um, at Hurley Hospital, which was another IPD job that we did. It was actually the first true IPD job in Michigan with the IFOA contract that was signed uh, on that project. Our owner's rep on that project was, was tremendous. And he actually would pull resources from the hospital, the nurses and the docs and the clinicians and whoever needed to be done during the design process to make real time decisions. But it has to be done kind of quickly because you just can't wait for information. And when there's multiple people involved, there's a lot of finger pointing that can go on. Oh, I thought he was going to handle that or she was going to handle that. So you really need a committed, decisive owner's rep. And if the owner has the ability to dedicate that person to this sort of delivery method, um, I mean, I can tell you from experience and I can put them in touch with owners that will say this process is well worth it. Yeah. So so let's say if you're a contractor and you're in an area that's primarily planned spec, how can, I mean, I guess you and I talked briefly about this earlier about, okay, so how do you get that, make that first step, first educate yourself, but how do you, how do you encourage them and help with that, getting the process of that, at least the nugget of idea in their head? So I started talking about IPD probably two or three years before we even did a job. Uh, and I definitely don't want to take any credit for any of the projects that we did that I, I'm saying I convinced the owners to, to, to work on these projects. But uh, definitely when you look at the Construction Industry Institute's studies in regards to owner satisfaction, um, there are some critical components that, that demonstrate that the traditional design bid, 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 build, delivery method is not super efficient and owner satisfaction is low. And anytime you have a owner that is not willing to go the design build route or the design assist route, that's when you would want to push them toward considering an IPD arrangement. Uh, And, you know, you just talk about it, you learn about it. Once we did our first job, I was kind of on a road show with that contractor. We gave three or four presentations. And then, you know, I've probably given 
35 other presentations at general contractors in Michigan, uh, at Virginia Tech. I've gone to Canada and given presentations on IPD. So people want to know more about it. So, uh, you know, I would say, you know, there, there's a significant number of white papers out uh, in regards to this subject. And I would just say, read about it. If, if you have an owner who is unhappy with what they've gotten from the traditional design bid build delivery method, um, I would say they should definitely be considering IPD um, and, and, and looking at that. And, and I can tell you that, you know, in Michigan, luckily, I'm, I'm lucky, we are lucky, we have general contractors that embrace this concept and are willing to get on board with it. Um, and, and I've got owners that are open to it. I mean, I, you know, there's some of the automotive companies um, are, are looking at the, these sorts of delivery methods uh, right now. So um, if you can, you know, get the automotive companies to open their eyes to something that is, is so different as this, that, that, that's a pretty big accomplishment. Well, and I, and I talked with you about the fact that schedule can dictate sometimes and help push it. And, and you and I discussed the fact that on design build at times, we will actually have our engineering department design a job, but they're not designing it fully. They're not actually laying the ductwork out. They're designing the zoning. They're putting the CFMs down. But we actually have our detailers in Revit just start detailing the ductwork before we even draw it because that way it's coordinated and you eliminate a step. And it sounds like you do the same thing at times. Yeah, absolutely. So on, on the sheet metal HVAC side, uh, once you get your your uh, the BIM execution plan documented as far as what's going to happen and how the job's going to go down, um, the AE and you will usually have a discussion about the design because you really have to have the draw it once and design it once mentality. And so you have to take into consideration that the AE has certain design reviews in their QAQC processes. And then we have the way that we want to draw and design. And you've got to make sure that those two uh, systems mesh, number one. And then number two, you just want to be able to leverage the right resources and the right uh, intelligence and, and highest value of each partner at the right time. So what you're talking about is we typically would make a recommendation that look, if you know, usually the engineers are most comfortable laying out shafts and, and sizes and things like that. But then after that, they're going to put a zoning plan together and, and maybe just give us some general CFMs to be distributed and, and it's up to us to get that duct around and size it and get it set up. And then we've got to do design reviews. Um, the last couple have actually been even, it, you know, we've done some design reviews in Revit uh, so that we're not even really even looking at drawings. Um, but, um, you know, and then that's continually evolving as well. So yeah, there's, and, and Angie, I'll tell you, we've been on some projects that just flat out, they said, I'm going to give you a single line drawing with, with ductwork sizes, feel free to change those sizes if you think they need to, but I want you to, you know, put an exception list together and let me know the ones that you've changed. And that's okay too. I just don't think that's really the most efficient way of going about it, but uh, that's what that engineer was most comfortable with. So you go with it. Yeah. And, and if they have a little bit more time and they can let the engineer do that, it takes next a little bit of time though. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing is, is, uh, you know, I, today in today's world, I mean, I, I know you design build contractors are swamped, right? All the engineering firms are swamped. And so, um, you know, right now, uh, utilizing this sort of delivery method where you're, you're getting the right resources at the right time really is probably a good way to get a project through. Um, there's a lot of design bid build projects in Michigan, I can tell you, that are behind from a design standpoint just because of the resources available in the industry. Yeah, so, it, so if we were to summarize, 
one step would be as a contractor, we should educate ourselves on what IPD is, read all the documentation, understand it, and be and start to learn how to be comfortable with the idea of it. So you can start talking to your mechanicals or your or your GCs about it and letting them know that you're interested in doing a project. That may be the first step. And then the GCs will help the owners and encourage them as well. Yeah, and, and I would just say when you talk when you say read information, don't go and pull the AIA IFOA agreement and start reading in the contract. That's not what I'm recommending. Um, that'll put you to sleep pretty gosh darn quick. What you want to do is you want to Google like IPD white paper, for example. Um, uh, there there actually is 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 a link to an IPD white paper on our website. So if you want to go there, you can see it. But um, you know, Google IPD white paper. Read about that. Those are usually between five and 15 pages and you can get a real good feel for it and then really it's just have conversations with your customers your general contractors and your owners you know just about the concept or if you like an IPD white paper email it to your customer and say hey you know take a look at this see if this is something that might work somewhere down the road uh, I, I can tell you that it's it is it is a different delivery method um, it is challenging at times but um, it, it, the, these are safer projects. They're more fun to work on. Um, and, and the owner satisfaction level, I'm telling you, is just through the roof on this. Um, but it is not, every job does not make sense to do it this way. And every owner may not feel comfortable with it. So it, it's really got to be the right kind of mix of things to make it work. I think I'm almost positive that whether it's New Horizons or SmackNo, we also have some white papers on it as well. So I think we could, you know, if you search for that. Now, Matt, you said you started IPD about how how long ago? What was your first IPD job? Oh, that's a good question, Ange. Uh, I, the first IPD job in Michigan was Hurley Hospital, and I think that was maybe seven years ago. Um, so, like 2012. You've done about eight jobs, and it, so it is. It's one or two jobs a year is going to be the right fit for it. Yeah, and, and to be perfectly frank, it's usually one max for us uh, just because uh, of, you know, just because of the resources that they do take from a pre-con standpoint. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 we're on our eighth right now, so. Okay, well, Matt, this has been a really good education for everybody. I'm hoping that if a contractor is interested, they can start reaching out and doing some research. But it, it's a it it's where the future is going. I would suspect for a lot of areas, and and I, and if the schools, the universities are doing it, and now the bigger owners like the you know the or motor like the car owners, the automobile, and I think um, I know a lot of the hospitals in our area have gone into that as well. So um, hopefully, we can encourage some more contractors to take a look at it. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a fun, fun uh, delivery method to get involved with for sure. And if anybody has any questions on it, anybody at SMACNA wants to call me, I'd be more than happy to discuss it with them. Well, thank you so much for your time, Mac. We really appreciate it and, uh, and the education as well. So um, we appreciate that. And, and thank you all for listening. It's been a, it's been a great show. Let's Talk Shop is brought to you by SMACNA the Sheet Metal and Air Conditioning Contractors National Association. For more information, visit smacna.org.